0: trust me you want a man that is more logical more logical because you will actually feel safer around him and your feminine will actually be a lot more expressed and you'll feel a lot more relaxed in your nervous system right hello and welcome to the feminine as fuck podcast i am your host monica yates the period whisperer a trauma healer and an embodiment coach for both men and women well obviously periods just for women I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know, it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode okay friends welcome back to another one of your favorite episodes thank you so much to everyone that has dm'd me telling me that they have been loving the episodes it honestly means a lot and it means that i do prioritize getting these episodes done for you guys so um i wanted to really just mention to you guys because i haven't like if you followed me last year you would have probably remembered that i cried like every 10 seconds on my instagram stories what i felt like um And this year I've just been like happy as a pig in mud. And like, that's not fake. I am so fucking happy this year. Um, Like the happiest I would say I've been in like my whole entire life just because I feel like I've got everything that I've ever wanted um, pretty much. And obviously like always wanting more, but like right now with where I am in my life and what I have in my life, I'm like, I am so fucking happy. Um... Anyway, but I just wanted to also remind you guys that I am human and, like, I was crying this morning during Pilates because I'm going to pick someone up from the airport today. And although, like, it's going to be great to see him again and I'm really excited that he's, you know, moving here and all that jazz, a part of me is also, like, why aren't you my family? Um, like, why do I get to see you before I get to see my family? And obviously, like, he feels, like, home as well, so it's, like, still nice, but you guys know what I mean. It's been, like, over two years now. Um that I haven't seen some of my friends in nearly two, that's been about two years for my family. Um, and some of my family members, like my brother, I don't think I've seen now for like two hundred eight years. Um, anyway, besides the point, point being is I'm still human and I have my moments and I was bawling my eyes out this morning because I just miss them. Um, and I'm like suppressing all that trauma around missing them because i can't fix it like i have mentioned you guys i think i mentioned this to you before i can't fix the trauma um and i'm gonna keep oh my god fucking hell jelly he's doing the cutest thing ever oh my god wait a sec you'll see it on my instagram story you're backlit dude it's not helping with the lighting oh jesus christ dog what the fuck Oh my God, he's ridiculous. anyway. Um, I can't fix the problem. so um, I'm just suppressing it, um, which is honestly fine to do. it's not a bad thing to suppress. it's not a bad thing to suppress your trauma when you can't when you can't fix the issue um, or you can't deal with it. It's a survival mechanism. like if you are in an abusive relationship and for whatever reason you can't get out, if you're suppressing your emotions, you're not wrong for doing that. that is you trying to protect yourself. Um, anyway, So I just wanted to like drop in and just say that I am human, but today's also an exciting day, but I'm also like kind of sad anyway. Okay. So today we're doing episodes five and six of, um, sex life on Netflix and I have written a bunch of notes out. This episode might be a little bit shorter because I feel like, um, we've kind of talked about some of the bigger topics already, but as we get into the episodes, we are seeing more and more of these patterns show up and things are making more and more sense when it comes to the way in which the characters are um, being traumatized, blah, blah, blah. So, oh, my fucking hair curls on. Hold on a sec guys. I need to turn it off. Okay. Hair color is now off. Um, okay. So let's jump in to episodes five and six. So firstly, if a dude fucking saying to me, like um, Brad did for Billy at his party, like, I'd be like, I will have your babies right here, right now, so good luck to anyone if they didn't get into a trauma bond after that, basically, if that's happened to you in your life, good fucking luck, um, he also does come across, and I don't want to paint Brad in, like, a really bad picture, it's just that, like, we're, we're allowing this opposition of characters between Cooper and Brad to, allow you guys to almost figure out it's helpful like with obviously the episodes it's allowing you to try and find where that like what the balance would be for you what you would actually want because you have two polar opposites so brad did seem genuine as fuck when singing that song which obviously was really really nice um and i would be like fucking on my knees if i was billy so like hat goes off to her and i i understand why she was addicted to him Then when we flip to Cooper trying to do the same sex move with Billy, um, that Brad did with Billy, where she's like, you have to go in circular motions, la la la. Um, I can't remember what the name of it was. What was the name of the sex move? I should fucking know this. I don't know. Anyway, I can't remember it. Um, I mean, poor fucking Cooper, right? Poor Cooper. He is really, really trying to like be the man and to... Please, poor Billy, and all that kind of stuff. And she's also just like, it's hard because he is not going about this the right way. And she's also not being like open and warm to him. She's also kind of like angry at him for him trying to be Brad. And it's like, well, bitch, what do you expect? You're not communicating to him what you actually need. And obviously, he's not communicating to her. The bottom line is, they both need to learn. The right way to communicate about this. What's actually deep down in this whole scenario is that Billy doesn't feel wanted, desired. She doesn't feel like she's being ravished, and just like she wants to be grabbed and really. I said, I said this to you guys in episode one. She wants to feel like she's in a feminine, but she's not explaining that to Cooper. She probably doesn't even fucking know, to be honest. She's not explaining that to Cooper, and so Cooper is just trying to do what he you know, is is what's right in front of him, which is her journal He is trying to just be Brad and he's also not communicating to her, babe, what do you need? Like, tell me your feelings. What do you want to feel when we're having sex? What can I do when we're having sex? There's no open conversation about their sex life at all. Have we, have we noticed that? It's just like behind closed doors, Brad is trying, sorry, um, Cooper is trying to be Brad and Billy's like not really talking about it. She'll say, are we ever going to talk about this? And then nothing will happen. And she's just like, oh. Like, no, babe, boundaries. Don't be a fucking doormat about this. Speak the fuck up, okay? I mean, the two of them are just like, anyway, whatever. Okay, I will say, though, it does also bring to light the way that we get stuck in, into routines in relationships. You know how um, they're, like, sitting on the end of the bed or whatever, and Billy is like, you know, you don't touch me. You haven't touched me, like, since we had our, since it's the kids, blah, blah, blah. And Cooper's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't even realize this until this whole thing started to happen. I've been so caught up with kids and work and all that kind of stuff. So I do love that the episode and the show does bring to light the way in which parents can get really stuck in routine with their children and work and even just in relationships generally, how we can really get stuck into these mundane routines. And that's why it's so important that you're constantly putting effort into relationships, People just think relationships should be easy and flowy and no effort should go into them. That's not true. You have to put effort into your friendships. You have to put effort into your working relationships. You have to put effort into your romantic relationship. Every relationship needs effort because if you are doing the same mundane shit, having the same conversations all the time, going to the same fucking restaurant all the time, no one is going to hang around for that shit, not even your best friend. I was gonna hang around for that, right? Like change allows us to feel excited as human beings. Why do you think so many of us last year in lockdowns felt like our relationships, friendships, and romantic relationships, and even family relationships, were struggling? It was because we were doing the same shit all the time. I remember having this having this moment where I was like, I feel like my relation, my friendships, have turned to shit. Like what why? And it's not because anything was wrong. It's actually because on the phone it's like, what's going on? Like, nothing, done nothing today. Yeah, me too, nothing. There's never anything to talk about, to relate to, to share. And therefore, we get really like bored. And then we can then we can think, oh, the relationship's bad, blah, blah, blah. Okay. What it also allows you guys to see is that men are single focused beings. He is occupied with work. She is also occupied with the kids, but she's not putting, she's got sexual fucking shame. And so when he's like coming home from work prior to this whole excavate happening, it's not like, well, not that we know of, it's not like she's been, you know, putting a lot of effort into their sexual relationship. So because, 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 sorry, Cooper is single focus, men are single focus, he's been at work, he's exhausted from work and then he comes home and then it's like kids focusing on the kids and there's no like moment that we know of where Billy has like put on a sexy outfit or sent him dirty messages through the day to allow him to actually then want to want to desire her and want to ravish her. It is a two-way street. So Billy's kind of blaming Cooper, but the reality is Billy also has a role to play in this. She also needs to speak up about her sexual desires rather than waiting for it to get to this get to this point. And this point now is where <clears throat> clearing the throat chakra. This point now is where the trust has been broken and trust is everything to a man. Now, no, Billy and Brad haven't cheated, but the trust has been broken because in Cooper's mind, Billy didn't communicate to her. So what else has she not told him? How can he, what else has she not told yet? How can he believe her? Because for the past year or two, it's in his mind, everything's kind of been a bit of a lie because in his mind, it's like she's not happy because she's not getting what she wants. She's not feeling desired. She's not feeling wanted X, Y, and Z. And trust is everything to a man, right? A lot of men actually can struggle or even can't altogether rebuild it, rebuild the trust. They can struggle to rebuild the trust or they just like can't rebuild the trust all the time. Because once trust is broken, it can make you question everything, which can then drive you mad, and then you will eventually end it because you're like, I'm going insane, I can't keep doing this. Trust is everything. If you can't trust someone, you won't be able to be in a secure relationship with them. You'll be so insecure, and then you'll drive yourself insane, and then you'll be like, fuck this, I'm out, because you can't stand it anymore. Okay, now let's jump forward to um, when Brad found out that Billy was pregnant uh, in his flashback. His response was obviously, for very clear reasons, shocking and not okay. This was his trauma response. Was he intending to be an asshole? No, I do not believe that his character was intending to be an asshole. What we do know is that he deflects a lot in the show, which we've already talked about in recent podcasts. And he's being logical, and we know further in the, we we know it a little bit that it is just his trauma response, right? So he's being logical when he says, "You have two years left on his on your PhD." And remember, ladies, men think logically women are emotional. We fall pregnant. We're like, oh, my God. Like, you can have, like, zero dollars in a bank account. And you're like, no, it's fine. I'm good. Like, I'm safe. You could, like, be in the worst scenario of your fucking life. And you can be like, no, I'm good. Right? And then your logical mind will then bring in that logic. Men are more logical than women, As a generalization, women that are more in their masculine will be more logical because their body actually produces more testosterone, so therefore they will be more logical, but as like a generalization, women are more emotional, men are more logical. And ladies, if you got triggered by me saying we're more emotional, that's not a bad thing. Men love that we are emotional, that we are tapped in, that we are intuitive because they don't have that. Just like we love that men can think so logically, and I know some of you are going to be like, no, I wish they were more emotional. Trust me, go and date a really emotional man and you'll be you'll be like, fuck, Monica was right. You don't want a man too emotional because when a man is too emotional towards a woman in the wrong place, wrong time especially, it makes us feel unsafe. Trust me, you want a man that is more logical more logical because you will actually feel safer around him and your feminine will actually be a lot more expressed and you'll feel a lot more relaxed in your nervous system, right? The bottom line is he is just petrified of being a father because of his upbringing. And that becomes pretty apparent like a couple seconds later when he's like, why would you think I want to be a dad? Like I had the worst upbringing look at my dad. I can't be a dad. He's just projecting his fear of being a bad dad because he was so hurt. Like his dad broke him to pieces so he is petrified of being a dad this could happen to women as well women can be petrified of being a mom because their mom maybe was really shit right or their upbringing was really shit and they can be petrified of of passing that on to their children as well okay now let's jump forward to the dinner where there's Sasha her name's Sasha right Sasha Sasha one of the two um Billy's best friend and then there's Brad and there's Cooper and there's Billy okay I mean, fuck, what an idiot idea, but whatever. So Cooper's coldness at the beginning of dinner obviously, like, wasn't cool. Um, and then, obviously, he picks up his phone for Jessica, his co-worker. It's just, like, a whole pile of just him now projecting his trauma and him being super avoidant and unhealthy because he's feeling, he's feeling so rejected. His ego has gotten the biggest fucking shot. So now he's trying to just build his ego up is all he's trying to do. He's wanting to feel desired by a woman like Billy Desires Barat. Hence, he is now getting attention from Jessica and allowing himself to get attention to Jessica and actively going to like the work function or whatever to get the attention and the desire from Jessica. Now, it is understandable, but it doesn't help the situation. Now, Jessica is the coworker, his like boss. She's the one that like does like chooses the deals at the work anyway. He's wanting to feel desired by a woman like Billy desires Brad. And while that's, that's really understandable, it does not help the whole situation. Can you guys see how like neither of them are actually like trying to fix it? right? Well, they're trying to fix it, but in a very shit way, they're not getting to the root. They're, they're like, you know, let's meet fucking Brad for dinner. Terrible idea. Let me go hang out with Jessica. Terrible idea. What they're doing is they're both being like kind of avoidant until everything like blows up and then it's like a dramatic, I still love you, like come together, like classic movie moment where we all then, and it's terrible because then we all go, oh, if I want that movie moment, I'm going to start a fight. I'm going to create chaos and then we're going to have amazing makeup sex and we're going to be in love forever and we're going to kiss in the rain. No, 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 no. All this is doing is putting a bigger wall and more distance between Billy and Cooper um, rather than them actually trying to heal and understand each other, right? They're just, they're fucking deflecting all the time. Okay, then Brad talking all night at dinner was so manipulative. Like that was not good behavior in that if a mature man would have spoken to her, separately, Billy, I really don't feel like you're happy. Like what happened to your PhD? You always wanted to do this, blah, blah, And it would be coming from a heart space. It would be coming from like, a, I'm kind of worried about you and maturity. Manipulation is not maturity, right? His intentions did seem pure though, because He didn't think she was happy, but it's a fucking wounded way to go around it. Like I said, talk to her about that in privacy and don't manipulate her into realizing that she's not happy. Instead, just fucking voice it to her, plant that seed. She will come to it. Even if you just said to her, like in behind closed doors, like Billy, I really, this is Brad saying it to Billy, Billy, I really don't feel like, I'm trying to do a man's voice. Billy, I really don't feel like you're really happy. You, this is terrible. Billy, I really don't feel like you're really happy. You know, your PhD was fucking everything. You worked so hard at it. You had one year left. I'm worried about you if you are happy, amazing. But, you know, I hope that me just mentioning this to you maybe will allow you to actually consider, am I really happy? The end. What that's done is it's planted the seed. And then if Billy isn't happy, she'll realize that in her own time. Okay? When she rushed off to the bathroom, that wasn't obviously helpful for then... Brad to then rush after her and I wasn't impressed that like Brad didn't listen to Billy when she asked him to get out of here she was like wanting him to leave and she was and he was very forceful about not leaving now obviously a part of that like and our movie brain of like oh and our romance brain is like it's sexy because he's pursuing her so much now ladies I'm all for the fucking pursuing I talk about it right masculine feminine pursue me, me bitch like yes amen to that but also don't be fucking aggressive about it don't like if I've said a hard stop don't keep going if I've said leave the room do not be here I've said leave the room do not be here like body language is everything if I'm like no like I don't know like maybe you probably shouldn't be here that's different right I'm like fucking confused with everything but even still a man might just be like I'm just gonna leave it, and I will say it's very confusing for men right this fucking day and age is very confusing for men because we're like pursuing me and we're also like don't pursue me. We're also like, don't, don't te- over text me or don't ask me out too many times, but we're also like, no, keep chasing me. They're like, well, what the fuck do you want? And I'm kind of like, mm, read the body language. Like that's kind of the answer I can give you. Um, and also, when you're dating a very feminine woman, she will generally, like, want you to pursue, and then if she doesn't want you to pursue anymore, she'll make it very fucking clear, or she'll be like, stop pursuing me, or whatever, okay? Um, so, yeah, the bathroom situation, like, wasn't obviously fucking helpful, and, but I did love when um, Sasha came to the bathroom and stood up for Billy's higher self, it was like, if you want to fuck shit up, like, you fucking fuck shit up, but, like, I'm not going to be here for this she didn't say it in those words, whatever she said, that is a good fucking friend, you know what are shit friends, shit friends are friends that don't call you out for your bullshit, shit friends are friends that like see that you have fucking spinach in your teeth and they don't say anything because they're afraid of hurting you by saying something that might trigger you, no, good fucking friends are the friends that are like, bitch, your behavior is disgusting, clean this shit up, that's a good fucking friend, okay, that is a good fucking friend, Um, okay. Next thing is it was obviously really nice for Brad to, um, take Billy home. And even when he's rejected, he doesn't stop and he's not aggressive about it. So what you would have noticed is like with the bike, with the bike, he was like, let me take you home. And it was like warm. It wasn't like, I'm going to try and get in your pants. Like you could tell that he was actually being genuine. Like he, He is a genuine dude. He doesn't go about things the best fucking way, right? He's just a bit fucking wounded. Like, we all are, but he really needs to, like, fucking hire me, bitch. Um, But he definitely continues to pursue her but isn't really, really aggressive about it. He's a bit manipulative, but he's not really, really aggressive about it. And he says multiple times, like, tell me you're happy. Like, if you're happy, I'll leave you alone. So he is giving her it out. He's not being, like, crazy forceful. Um, but he is being a little bit manipulative. We won't, we won't deny that. Um, so he continued, I wrote down, he continues to pursue, but without pressure. Um, and the ride home was his being, not ni- him being nice. You could feel that the ride home was him not having attachment. Okay. The next thing was the flashback of the library with girl and boy's names Now, you can tell he's genuine and just had a lot of trauma because if he was actually an asshole, he would continue to be nice and then gaslight, be nice, then gaslight. But the parcel delivery of the baby clothes was his way of saying sorry. Narcissists don't say sorry because they do not admit to fault. They just start acting nice again. They will gaslight. They'll make you wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. Hey, let's do this tomorrow. And you're like, what the fuck? but they won't say sorry because saying sorry is them admitting two faults. So he's not being narcissistic because he's admitting two fault. He is saying sorry, right? Um, obviously it would have been better if he said sorry, like in person and there was like a full conversation about it. I'll mention this in a bit. There needed to be a full conversation about it because Billy did obviously like forgive him way too easily of like oh a cute biker jacket okay I'll take you back rather than being like I appreciate the biker jacket and I can like like clearly are saying sorry and we need to have a conversation about this because I'm not gonna put up with like mediocre behavior that would have been a better way to go about it drawing those boundaries and not being any kind of doormat right um then we jump forward to the blackmail with Cooper in his office when he didn't come home that night and he stayed with he stayed with Francesca oh why did I say Jessica before Jessica isn't his co-worker's name why did I think Jessica is there another Jessica in the show I don't fucking know sorry when I was talking about the co-worker before and at dinner picking up the phone for the co-worker Jessica sorry the co-worker's name is Francesca anyway um I wrote down Francesca later on I don't know who Jessica is anyway um okay, so where was I, where was I, where was I, uh, yeah, the blackmail from Cooper about the fact that, like, I could have slept with, I could have slept with her, like, I could have slept with Francesca, but I didn't, I was thinking about all night what my life would be like without you, like, that was disgusting behavior, like, that was fucking mean, and that was just, like, that was really, that was a, that was deep, that was a fucking dig, he really needs to learn how to fucking communicate better, And he needs to learn how to like make a woman feel safe to open up because clearly she's not opening up as in Billy's not opening up because she has some serious shame around her sexuality. But then it's being like proliferated by the fact that Cooper is continuing to shame like what she's going through. And like Sasha said, was it Sasha? Maybe her name's Jessica. Whatever. The fucking best friend. Like their best friend said at, at the dinner, you know, she's going through her own version of like some postpartum midlife crisis. And no, it's not a Porsche or a motorcycle, but like this is her version of it. And people go through these things. We all have blimps in our life. We all have moments where, you know, we think the relationship's turning to shit or we should break up with someone, blah, blah, blah. And like patience is our friend, patience and compassion and empathy and openness And when you're constantly just like being in this reactive state, being in a reactive state gets you fucking nowhere, right? Being in a responsive state, being open, trying to understand someone's, like someone's reasons for doing something, their driving force is key to things, right? Um, At the same time, Brad sorry at the same time Cooper when he's like I got us up with Francesca blah 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 you need to figure your shit out like he was very like you need to figure your fucking shit out that was like yes he put in like a powerful boundary there and he wasn't afraid to like draw a fucking line. So yes, yes, yes to that. No, no, no to that. I could have slept with Francesca and like not coming home for the night and going and staying at her house. Like that was not good behavior whatsoever. Like that shit is not excusable and he's being fucking childish as well. Okay. Um, like he needs to take a bit of responsibility for this, just like Billy needs to take some fucking responsibility for us for this. Okay. Okay. Uh, next thing so um love the topic of desire for sex where billy went to the his like her like um professor's office or whatever it was that was great love the open conversation of how um like she's wanting desire and you know you have to sometimes decide between thrill versus safety like you can't have thrill versus safety easily at the same time fast forward though and i also was saying though I also want to add to this of you can't have thrill versus safety when there is a pile of fucking trauma in there. You can have thrill versus safety when there's not a, not a pile of trauma in there because if you have a healthy sexual relationship with your partner, you can create thrilling scenarios that aren't around a trauma bond and you can also have that sense of safety at the same time. So you can have thrill versus safety. If the people in the relationship, if they aren't projecting a pile of fucking trauma, and are coming and their and their thrill is coming from a conscious place, and their safety is coming from a conscious place, okay. Um, What was I gonna say? The flashback then, when they were in the art gallery, Billy and Brad. Where they were flirting with other people and then had sex in the stairwell, nothing wrong with that by any means. Um, he was really fulfilling a lot of her fantasies and vice versa. If he didn't have all of the trauma, he would actually provide her safety and the hot sex, right? Because he's just very sexually expressed and a very confident person, which is what allows him to be so expressed. So you can have the safety and the hot sex. The person just has to be trauma fucking free. Like if Brad was trauma free and was like, um, you know, for example, when he found out about the baby, like, oh my god, we're gonna have a baby. Um, I'm so excited. Or when the dad, sorry, the stepdad was being an asshole and he and Brad threw the glass and then and then like fucking said all those main things to Billy on the street. If he didn't behave like that, he actually could provide safety and thrill um at the same time. Okay. Um, where am I going? Um also. He was really teasing her by the fire when they went to go have, like, their drink and catch up, um, you know, and was like, I don't bite unless you want me to. Like, I'm high. You can bite me. Thank you very much. God, he's so hot. You don't realize how hot Australian accents are until you leave Australia and you never really hear them again. And then you hear Australian men or just Australian women even. And I'm like, damn, yeah, I understand why our accents are really hot because, like, I am turned on by our accents now. Lol. Um, But I will say, obviously, he's really fucking teasing her and really trying to get something out of her, Um, which, again, you know, a manipulative way to go about it and a bit wrong. But we also know that his attentions are, are pure. Okay. Meanwhile, Cooper is going fucking crazy at home. Fair enough. They both really need to learn to be fucking open to each other. Like I've said before a million times, there is a lot of trying to fix this shit individually, but not together, they are not trying together. They need to try and fix this together. They need to understand each other. Much better way to go about this. Then, going back to the fireplace where um, Brad and Billy are having drinks, we then found out about Brad's dad. Wow. This was so healing for him. And this, you guys, allows you to see that... Oh, yawn. Energy is moving. This allows you to see... That this healing work, even if it's just basic shit like talking to someone and getting the real story, can completely change you. Brad, I fucking love you. Lol. He is a softy inside, but puts on quite a show. And I loved this open heart scene. It was really, really beautiful. Um, and we now understand. Where all of this trauma is coming from. Q Queen Alchemy for you ladies to do this. Q one-on-one coaching for the men listening to this. Fix your fucking trauma. It will change your effing life, okay? Um, obviously, fucking idiot when she said that she wanted to get out of here with him. No, no, no. You are digging yourself a hole. Don't cheat. Just leave Cooper and then mess with this. Cheating is not okay just leave Cooper, then go and fuck Brad, don't fuck Brad whilst you're with Cooper, no, hold on to your fucking horses, um, then when she got home and she was then narrating about the last 15% of like, you know, maybe you can live with the last 15%, like if you, if you try and get it, it's gonna ruin your life, blah, 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 and she's freaking out because the kids and Cooper aren't home, I want you all to, I want to give you all permission To not think that the hot sex means you can't have it all. That scene makes it sound like you can't have the hot sex and the safe, amazing husband. That is not true. You can have it all. You just need to be honest with yourself and communicate your desires. Billy clearly has sexual shame probably as does Cooper which is why she didn't voice it to Cooper earlier about the kind of sex that she wanted. Brad and Billy both need some fucking trauma work lol and Cooper also needs to learn how to effing communicate. One of you guys asked me in my DMs like well how like if you've been in a relationship and it's always been kind of like you know let's say like more vanilla kind of sex more basic like you know, not kinky kind of sex. How do you open up this conversation? How do you start having this different kind of sex? Like if you're afraid to talk about it, you're afraid to talk about it because you have sexual shame. That's why you're afraid to talk about it, right? You're afraid to be like really sexually expressed because you're afraid of your sexuality, and I get it. This used to be me. I've taken so many women through this in Queen Alchemy and whatever. And you need, you need to learn to also to communicate with men. But when you are unafraid to be really expressed and you're not, you don't have any shame about the fact that you like to have sex, like, hello, Samantha Jones kind of vibes, you will just walk up to a bar and be like, walk up to a dude in a bar and be like, hey, are you single? Yeah, I'm single. Cool. Would you like to fuck me tonight? Like, maybe not like that, but also you might do that. Lol at me. Um, but all I'm saying is and you don't have to go and do that. It's just about like you being exp- sexually expressed. You can say to your fucking boyfriend, like, Hey, can you tie me up tonight? I want you to spate me out. When you walk in the door, I want you to grab me and pull my hair and throw me into the fucking bedroom. Like when you're really sexually expressed, you're not afraid to just say what you want. You're allowed, you you say to fucking guys in bed, I want you to choke me, spate me, do this, like whatever it is. Um, you, are are not afraid to then express yourself so those of you that have asked me like how do you bring this up in conversation um especially like if you're worried about emasculating your partner it's the way that you communicate it and this is like be love and not a mother kind of stuff so I'm not going to say it here all the how of how to communicate with men to make sure you don't emasculate them and all that kind of stuff all of that is in be love and not a mother which opens in November um so for the sake of all those people that have bought that program I'm not going to like give what's in the program on the free podcast obviously but that's all in there so if you need help communicating to your partner this kind of stuff you need to try and be loving on a mother if you need to help clearing your sexual shame you need to do queen alchemy they are different you can do both and there is a tiny overlap not much though and i would obviously i would recommend both they they complement each other very 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 well Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed this little episode—not uh, little, thirty-two minutes—of um, a recap. And just thank you guys all so much for sharing the podcast and everything. These episodes on your Instagram story. If you haven't been sharing it, please do so. Put it in your group chats. Put it on your Instagram story because men and women have been loving this episode, these episodes, which I'm very glad. I think I'm going to do some for Sex in the City as well, because they all have some fucking trauma too. Um, so you can look out for those in the future. Do not forget the Queen Alchemy is open and Sarah's working through all of the, um, what's it called? Um, like, Forms that you guys fill in to kind of be like, I'm interested. These are my these are the things I got to work on. La la la. And um, there's already like 60 of you that have filled in that form, and that and pretty much every single person that then like fills in the form then joins because you know the price and everything before you fill out the form, so you know what you're getting into. Um, so if you haven't done that, I would be doing that ASAP because like she's going through it in chronological order, and if you like snooze, then you'll lose because if you're like the 80th person person to a form, like then they could all be taken before like all the spots could be taken before Sarah gets to yours um this also goes for if you've been sent your contract and payment if you don't pay or sign the, and sign the contract like the space hasn't been secured which means someone else can fill your space so just make sure that you are on things quickly because those spaces in Queen Alchemy move be the fast okay I hope you guys all have a lovely day and I will talk to you on the next episode